Hey everybody, this is Mike from Boozy Bracketology, and welcome to The Disclaimer. That's right, The Disclaimer. This month we are doing our best holiday movie or TV special bracket, and in that spirit, we really did try to be on our best behavior, but ultimately I confess we let slip a few bits of salty language that would probably land us on Santa's naughty list. While we did keep the holiday magic alive overall, uh... We still thought it might be a good idea to advise uh, all of our listeners that this might not be an appropriate thing to enjoy with uh, your families, particularly with young and impressionable children. That said, we really do appreciate all of you for listening and uh, all of your comments and everything like that. So uh, keep it up and we hope you enjoy the show. Ho, 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 and welcome to Boozy Bracketology, where we believe in three things. Strong drinks, strong opinions, and crowning champions. This month, it is December, it is the holiday season, and we are going to be deciding what is the best holiday movie or TV special. I am your host, Mike, and I will be your humbug for the entirety of this decision-making process. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to all of your, our panelists here. First of all, the lovely lady immediately to my left. Say hello to Nikki. Hi, everyone. Nikki, you drinking anything tonight? Um, I'm trying to get through all this holiday cheer, so I'm having some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. All right, heading out to the uh, east of us out in sunny Florida, we've got Chris and Leah. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, Mike, I'm I'm doing pretty well, babe. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm having some uh, lovely holiday hot chocolate, and this uh, hot chocolate tonight is a special. It's uh, from a Charlie Brown mix. Um, so it came with a bunch of different uh, Charlie Brown featured hot chocolate mixes, I guess. Um, so this one I'm having is the Charlie Brown S'mores Cocoa Hot Chocolate Mix, and I am topping it off with a little bit of Buffalo Trace uh, bourbon cream. So I'm definitely in the holiday spirit. I'm wearing my elf t-shirt and I am drinking out of my, this is my Baham mug. Baham, <laughs> ba, Baham mug. It's so funny. Not Baham bug mug, Baham mug. It's so <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so I have got an assortment of bourbon with me, not just bourbon, but whiskey. Shocking, I know. Um, but uh, for this recording, I have got my bottle of Elijah Craig Small Batch. This is a private barrel for the Corona Cigar Company here in Tampa. Um, and I'm actually not even chasing it or anything like that. I'm drinking it straight. Uh, and it's freaking delicious. Like, it's uh, really strong up front, a really solid finish. Yeah. Yum. It, it, it's... Uh, I'm liking my bourbon more and more, just straight with a little bit of ice, and this is a, this is hitting the spot tonight. So I'm I'm excited. Let's 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 let some uh, controversial opinions fly. That is what we are all about here, uh, Leah. I have to ask. There's there's no pig pen themed uh, chocolate uh, flavors in that peanuts uh, collection, is there? There is not. Um, maybe if uh, people stay tuned, they can get um, some samplings of some of the other ones that are included in this package. But uh, I did uh, filter through it, and it does not include any kind of pig pen, like s'mores, chocolate, 
hot chocolate mix. It's got to be a peppermint patty. It's <laughs> a good point. Gosh, that was a my missed wife's... opportunity. Yeah, my wife's way cl- way more clever than I am. <laughs> All right, heading out uh, the other the other way out west uh, in Dallas, Texas, uh, home of one of my least favorite things, the Dallas Cowboys, and one of my most favorite, Stephen. How you doing, buddy? We're not very fond of the Dallas Cowboys either. If it makes you feel better at this point, we're <laughs> we're pretty much done with that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm going to crack open a delicious Diet Sunkist Orange. You have to say Diet Sunkist Orange because Sunkist is not a flavor. It's a company. Orange is the flavor. Do they have any other flavors? Oh, yeah. You can get strawberry and a whole bunch of different fruits. Huh. Today I learned. Oh, yeah. Yeah, why would you get anything except for orange? Because right now I kind of want a grape Sunkist. And if that exists, I might have to go buy it. I'm not sure they have a great. I've had the orange and the strawberry, but uh, I imagine there's more than the two. I hope so. The sun, the regular sun kiss tastes like a creamsicle. I'm a big fan. Hey, Stephen, is there any caffeine in that sun kiss? Yes. Yeah, I've not made the mistake of I. I'm avoiding all root beers except for Barks. Any mistaken uh, Dr. Peppers will be returned. Never again. Never again. Okay, just making sure. And as an update, Sunkiss actually has orange, grape, pineapple, lemon lime, strawberry, and red punch. I don't think anyone ever asked for a pineapple soda. Just, just throwing saying, that out there. I love pineapple soda. sodas. They're good. Okay. <laughs> Did not mean to cause a stir already. My bad. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. you want to talk controversial opinions. Okay. Couldn't even get to the bracket before Chris was wrong today. Heading even further out west, we have another one of my favorite people. Sarah, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you? Doing awesome. What you drinking tonight? So my heart 100% is in the Christmas spirit, but my fridge is not. Um, So I am finishing off the last of my summer alcohol. I have a Lost Coast Brewing Tangerine Wheat Beer from Eureka, California. That sounds delicious. It's amazing. I highly recommend this one. That's why my fridge is still full of it because it keeps getting restocked. So That does sound very good and fitting uh, given the title of one of the movies that we will be discussing in the round of 64. Albeit not in this like round. This tangerine makes me a lot happier. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little teaser for a couple episodes down the line. Uh, tonight I am drinking, I can't remember if I featured this on the podcast before, but uh, this is a beer called Cake Therapy. It is out of Trim Tab Brewing in Birmingham, uh, which is a brewery I know I've featured on this podcast before. It is uh, very dark, very delicious. It's actually brewed with vanilla icing <laughs> as well as chocolate and cinnamon. It's uh, And it's finally starting to get a little cold here in Huntsville, Alabama. So it's a perfect beer for the night. And uh, it's also 10% alcohol by volume. So cheers to that. All right. That sounds good, too. Y'all got good taste. (laughs) In that spirit, let's get the party started. In your first region for the round of 64, your order of panelists is going to be Nikki, Leah, Steven, Sarah, and Chris. And your first matchup, your number one seed, It's a Wonderful Life, taking on your number 16 seed, Eight Crazy Nights. Nikki? Yeah, um, 
I mean, to be honest, Eight Crazy Nights, the most I can really remember is like the Hanukkah song stuff. And it was a little cartoon. Um, I'm not a huge Adam Sandler fan. I, I could see what he was trying to do. I mean, there were some funny moments. But for me, holiday movie wise, it's got to be It's a Wonderful Life. So I'm going A Wonderful Life. Alrighty, that's one vote for It's a Wonderful Life. Leah? All right. I think Phoebe Buffay said it best when she said, they shouldn't have called it It's a Wonderful Life. They should have called it It's a Sucky Life. And just when you think it couldn't suck anymore, it does. Um, I don't like this movie. I have no desire to ever watch it again. Um, But I am a sucker for a good quote. Like I have a a little notebook um, that I've been keeping since high school with all my favorite quotes from TV movies, books, stuff like that. Um, And this movie does have some iconic quotes in it. Um, Who doesn't? remember that screechy high-pitched little girl i guess at the end saying every time a bell rings an angel gets its wings like it's just so annoying but it's iconic um eight crazy nights i don't really like adam sandler i don't really find him funny so this movie just isn't isn't for me um so i guess just by going off of iconicness i'm gonna go it's a wonderful life and It's a Wonderful Life picks up its second vote. Uh, will it take a strong lead heading into halftime? Let's check in with Steven. So maybe a little controversial. I am also not the biggest It's a Wonderful Life fan in the world. Um, I think it's well, well overrated. It's a number one seed because it is so well loved and everyone seems to think it's a good movie. And I will take that apart as it progresses through the bracket. But Eight Crazy Night is heart garbage on a wet garbage stack it is terrible it is awful it is all the worst parts of adam sandler distilled into a turd sandwich and i would not recommend anyone ever watch it so this one definitely goes to it's a wonderful life and it's a wonderful life uh looks like it has staked out a commanding lead uh sarah what do you have to say i was looking the other day and i was reading some article how they were saying that it's a wonderful life is actually not a great movie to kind of piggyback off what the last of you had said Um, more more or less they needed something to show one day and then it kind of brought it brought into people's nostalgia as far as a home as a traditional Christmas movie personally I do like it's a wonderful life it's probably not my favorite Christmas movie but it, it has a good story hidden in there somewhere between the depressing parts of sometimes your friends are closer than you think. Um, A Crazy Night scares me because for a while there, I thought uh, I was going to be that girl living with her brother till we were like 100 years old. Um, I think it's cute. I don't have as much hatred for it, but I will give my pick to It's a Wonderful Life. (laughs) Chris, will it be a sweep to start us off? Uh, so I'll, I'll keep this pretty short, but you're going to notice a theme here is that this particular bracket challenged me in my movie watching this because there are a few of these that are on this list that are to- that were in my in my blind spot for a long time. And It's a Wonderful Life was on there. I'm actually a little ashamed to say that I'd seen it. I'd seen Eight Crazy Nights and not seen It's a Wonderful Life up until, uh, what, a couple days ago. Um, and Leah wouldn't watch it with me. No, um, I'm not the big fan of the film. I thought it was a little boring and. Just, it didn't. It did not ring with me, and maybe I'll watch it at the wrong point in my in my life. But Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights is a really weird movie because I feel like that came out kind of like like at the peak of Adam Sandler being Adam Sandler, and it's just not funny. It's not. 
Um, it it really is hot garbage for me. I'm sorry. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life sweep. And that is exactly that. It's a Wonderful Life sweeping past eight crazy nights. Uh, and just at a glance of the bracket, I believe we have already dispatched with the one Hanukkah-themed movie on this list. So well done, everybody, you anti-Semitic bastards. I would argue well done, Hollywood, for giving us one freaking uh, Hanukkah movie. Amen to that. Amen to that. But we're going to move on to what might be a little bit of a closer matchup, at least as far as the seeds are concerned. We've got our eight seed, a Charlie Brown Christmas, taking on our nine seed, Tokyo Godfathers. And this time we're going to start with Leah. Okay, so I can appreciate Tokyo Godfathers for what it is. Um, It's a creative idea. It offers a lot of new concepts. Um, But I cannot and will not vote against Charlie Brown. And more importantly, Linus. Um, I grew up obsessed with the peanuts, so Hallmark sucks me in for every single holiday. Um, And a Charlie Brown Christmas is by far the best of all the um, peanuts specials. Um, it's a short little 25 minutes of wonderfulness. Um, it's to the point. It showcases the different personalities of the main characters from the comics. Um, you get a little sneak peek at mental health issues that face people around the holidays, um, even children. Uh, Charlie Brown is so hopeful but gets so defeated so easily when his expectations are dashed. And I, for one, identify a lot with that. Um, but the real shining star is Linus, who gets on that stage at the end and recites the baby in the manger story. And then all the kids surround the sad little Charlie Brown Christmas tree and sing carols after Linus dresses it up with a little bit of love. Um, everything gets wrapped up nicely, including the tree um, and lights and tinsel. And it's just wonderful. It's a great ending. Um, sometimes that's exactly what you need from a Christmas special is just a nice, quick, happy ending. And that's what Charlie Brown Christmas gives us. So my vote is for Charlie Brown Christmas, in case you guys didn't pick up on that. <laughs> well, th- thank you for clarifying. I was actually going to have to ask. Uh, <laughs> Steven? Yeah, this one's real tough for me because I actually really, really like these films for very, very different reasons. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas is a Christmas classic for all the right reasons. We all grew up with it. It's all nostalgic. It's all part of our holiday tradition as, you know, kids that had access to TVs. That's pretty much the only requirement for Charlie Brown Christmas to be a huge part of your life. Uh, Tokyo Godfather, I think it's an exceptional film. I really do think it's very smart. I think it's extremely interesting to see how Christmas traditions are being interpreted by a culture that's not a predominantly Christian culture, like in America, I think it's very, very well thought out, very, very well paced. And I think if this drew a better bracket, it could go really, really deep. But going against a Charlie Brown Christmas, uh, I just, in good conscience, I cannot vote against it in the first round. That is such a special place in my heart. It's part of what Christmas is. So I'm going to go ahead and vote against my critic heart and go with the Charlie Brown Christmas. And that's two for Charlie Brown Christmas. Sarah? Yeah, I don't know what much else there is to say about this. Um, obviously, a Charlie Brown Christmas. That that and one other movie is like two very stark images of what Christmas was for me as a child. I remember one year, because it was only on TV, there was no recordings anything at that time and one year I missed it and I think I cried for like three days and it doesn't feel like Christmas if I don't see Charlie Brown 
Um, so nothing to really discredit Tokyo Godfathers. I had not seen that before. I'd actually never heard of it before. Um, I don't know that it's one I'd put again on my Christmas list, movie list, but it was it was a good movie. But hands down, Charlie Brown. And, and fortunately, we did learn that Charlie Brown Christmas will be on uh, television this holiday season. So that's a plus. Uh, try not to miss it this time, Sarah. We don't want to see you cry again. Uh, but that is a third vote for Charlie Brown Christmas. Chris? Yeah, so uh, Stephen has done a couple of these brackets, and he did this one, if you can't tell. Um, and he does a great job putting things on there that just, it's ones that I they never would have crossed anywhere near any of the crosshairs of movies or things that I would watch. And Tokyo Godfathers is up there, and Stephen's right. It's actually, it, it's damn near a masterpiece. It's such an interesting mm. take. And the ending, it's got a, not to ruin it, but it's got a twist ending that, like, I, I didn't see that coming, and it was heartbreaking. Um, It's really a, a fun movie. But with that being said, like, I'm not going to show my daughter Tokyo Godfathers. I guarantee you my daughter is going to watch a Charlie Brown Christmas every year. It's got the staying power. It's proven it's got the staying power, and it didn't mean as much to me as it did to my wife, but... I get the fact that my daughter is going to want to watch that. So I'm, I may be voting emotionally here because I think Tokyo Godfathers is by far the better film, but I'm going with Charlie Brown Christmas. All right. And Nikki, will it be another sweep? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say. So that hasn't already been said. I mean, I think Chris kind of hit him the nail on the head for me. Holiday movies are a little bit more, something you want to watch with your whole family. And I thought Tokyo Godfathers was a really good movie, but it didn't really give me that like holiday, you know, I don't know that nostalgia that you want in a holiday movie. So I love Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, I love the little songs and the tree that's so sad and they make the tree happy. So I'm going to go with Charlie Brown. Well, Charlie Brown is a blockhead. But he did beat Tokyo Godfathers. Uh, but that, I, I second ever what everybody else said. Uh, Tokyo Godfathers, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's a very good movie. Definitely check it out. Uh, but we do have another sweep, and Charlie Brown Christmas is going to be carrying over into the round of 32. For our next matchup, uh, possible upset here, it is a 12-5 seed. We have the 5 seed of Krampus taking on the 12 seed of Office Christmas Party. And we're going to start off with Steven. First of all, kudos on the switching to a German pronunciation for Krampus. And I, that's very, very, very nice. Um, yeah, I went into Krampus the first time I saw it. It was like I had nothing to do that day. Uh, I wasn't in a relationship at the time. So I saw it like as a matinee in a rundown theater for like $4, expecting to be completely bored, but just to kill some time. And I found it delightful. I love how it swings between ludicrous and like legitimately terrifying imagery. Uh, Office Christmas Party is a, it's, it's a film. I think uh, I think it's when you fail as a comedy, you fail harder than when you fail as a drama. And so I think it fails. I think that fails big. And I think Krampus, uh, it's taken the big swing. Sometimes it doesn't make contact with the ball, but when it hits. It's good, and I, I remember moments from it much more, so I'm going with Krampus. All right, that is one vote for Krampus. Krampus, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not sure whether to use the, 
which pronunciation to use. Uh, but that is one vote for, for Krampus. Uh, Sarah. I just want to start by saying that I cannot in good conscience with my love of everything Christmas uh, enjoy these horror fantasy films as much as a good old-fashioned lame Christmas movie. Um, I, I would never watch those different ones when I was a kid. And as an adult, it's more along the lines of Hallmark Christmas Channel. Um so with that being said, Office Party did make me laugh. I do like stupid toilet humor. I don't know that I'll ever be too old for stupid toilet humor. So I'm going to have to vote for Office Christmas Party. And we have a competition here with another with a vote coming in for Office Christmas Party. It's one to one. Chris? So Office Christmas Party did one of those things that I just you rarely ever see a movie with that kind of talent do. Um, and you expect when you get like some really funny people together, you're going to get something that's OK. You know, we don't know how their comedic stylings are going to mash or anything like that. And then I went and saw Office Christmas Party. And it was insane the amount of laughter that did not happen. I didn't laugh once. The only redeeming part of Office Christmas Party was the relationship between Jason Bateman and Olivia Munn. And that's just a credit to the fact that Jason Bateman can make anything freaking interesting, even a comedy when I didn't laugh once. I was always watching Jason Bateman. With that being said, Krampus is a, a directed by a gentleman by the name of Michael Doherty who did a movie that I am in love with. I watch it multiple times a year called Trick or Treat. Um, it is an anthology Halloween film that follows, uh, it's kind of loosely based around this little character named Sam who runs around with a burlap sack on his head. Krampus by itself, um, I, I, I disagree with Stephen a little bit because I don't think it misses for me anywhere near as, as much as it did maybe for him because I... Love that movie in its entirety. The only part in that movie that drags is the beginning. But once the once everyone else kind of gets involved and the the, the family the other family shows up at the house, everything kicks into high gear. Tony Collette is amazing. Adam Scott is hilarious, and the gingerbread man, the gingerbread man. Oh man, it's I, I love Krampus. I will watch that movie every year. I am in one hundred percent Krampus. And Krampus is taking the lead. Nikki, what do you say? Um, I watched, uh, you know, Office Christmas Party. And, you know, again, I agree kind of what Chris was saying. There's a whole lot of talent in that movie, but I didn't really feel like it all came together. I didn't laugh that hard. But it, it was a Christmas movie, you know, the... But I'm also with Sarah. I don't usually like the slasher film scary movies for Christmas but I will say I did like Krampus and now you know partly because it was kind of the ridiculous of it ridiculousness of it but um I actually found like it did tell the story of the true meaning of Christmas it was about like these these people who were not doing well in their life and they kind of forgot about their family and their hopes and their dreams and because of that you know evil Santa had to intervene so I feel like it really truly is a holiday movie, even though it's scary and all that. It actually has a good meaning. So I'm going with Krampus. And Krampus takes a commanding three to one lead, but we're still going to hear from Leo. What do you have to say? 
Okay, well, I'm also not a huge fan of scary movies, um, but I actually really enjoy these slightly silly horror movies. Um, I tend to also think that kids that have a main part in movies are kind of annoying. Um, But the kid who plays Max actually does a really good job, and I'm going to be the ignorant American, and I'm going to pronounce it Krampus. Um, But yeah, so I think uh, Max does a really good job in Krampus, and he just, you know, you can't help but root for him. He wants to keep hold of the spirit of Christmas, where all these relatives are kind of sucky um, and horrible people, um, but you kind of root for Max to kind of have that spirit of Christmas. Fortunately, the spirit of Christmas in this movie is a scary-ass elk or ram or some other kind of weird creature, and uh, the other little cute toys that are usually, like, nice and happy when you depicted in Christmas movies um, become, like, demonic and all, like, murdery and stuff. Um, but still, I like the take, and I actually really do enjoy Krampus. Um, Office Christmas Party, I love Olivia Munn. I do actually enjoy her as an actress, um, and I can appreciate some of the other actors uh, for their talent um, in other movies, but not their talent in this one. It's not a good movie. It's not funny. Um, I didn't get any warm and fuzzy feelings um, or sad or depressing stories or feelings that Christmas stories usually give me. Um, so for that, I am going to go with the American ignorant pronunciation of Krampus. And Krampus wins with a 4-2-1 victory. Holding off Office Christmas Party made a little bit of a run there at the beginning, but Krampus is moving on. For our next matchup, we have the number four seed of Trading Places, Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy Classic, taking on the number 13 seed of I'll Be Home for Christmas, a Jonathan Taylor Thomas Classic. First up, we've got Sarah. 13-year-old girl me loves Jonathan Taylor Thomas. 17-year-old girl me loves Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. So this wasn't really a question for me. I'll be home for Christmas. I saw it a couple times. I thought it was cute, kind of a classic tale, like the cool guy. I think it's when he'd go to Africa or something and had to find his way. I might have been confusing too, but... That whole, the, you know, had to find his way back home. Um, obviously, Trading Places is just a classic. I, I don't really have a question here other than 13-year-old me still has a crush on Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I think there were a lot of 13-year-olds that had a crush on Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but that was a, a, a vote for Trading Places, correct? Correct. Okay, so no, that's no, no, one no. for Sorry. Trading yeah, yeah, Places. Yeah, trading Places. Sorry. What's that? Trading Places. I'm sorry. Trading Places. Up next, we got Chris. Yeah, so um, I know a lot of people don't have a whole lot of fondness for uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Um, I It was a movie that my mom actually loved. My mom loved 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 these these family movies about families coming together and i grew up in a big family and you know i i lost my mom recently but that's what she loved uh, so i have a very a very 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 special place in my heart for i'll be home for christmas i don't think of trading places as a christmas movie and that's why i'm a little bit torn here um but when it comes to like things like that i i can't argue with the fact that trading places is a much more memorable film I think a testament to Trading Places is the fact that I will watch that movie whenever because I don't think of it as a Christmas movie. 
I'm going. I, I want to go trading places, but I'm going to go trading places. But uh, I'll be home for Christmas. To me, is always going to have a, a kind of special place in my heart. And that's a second vote for trading places. Nikki, what do you say? I'll be home for Christmas. I mean, it's it's funny. I thought it. I mean, it's cute. I mean, he. I, it's it's that little child of me does love Jonathan Taylor Thomas and it had Jessica Biel and he you know he has goes through all these crazy little things to get home for Christmas. I mean it's a great family film. Trading Places is a better movie. It's a it's a much better movie. Um, I mean Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy. But when I saw it on the list, I was trying to remember how it was a holiday movie. Like I I mean I I know there was a scene of the party, so there is some Christmas in it. But I think if I'm going holiday movie i'm not thinking about best movie i'm thinking about what is the better holiday movie i think i gotta give it to i'll be home for christmas and they ain't dead yet i'll be home for christmas picks up a point and we're gonna head over to leah Uh, okay so trading places it's fine um, I know it takes place over the holidays, but like everyone else says, I don't think of it as an iconic holiday movie. Um, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Um, I used to like JTT when I was young, probably around 95, 96, but I must have grown out of him by 98 when this movie came out. Because um, even watching this film now, I'm not watching it with um, the same eyes I did when I actually liked him in 95, 96. Um, so there was no kind of sentimental attachment that I had to him watching it now um as opposed to other movies that have boys in it that i used to have hanging up on my walls that i still have emotional attachment to but this one was not one of them um but i do agree with nikki that when you think about which one of these two is the better christmas movie i mean i gotta go with this the super cheesy not great movie but more christmasy movie of i'll be home for christmas And I'll Be Home for Christmas picks up its second vote, making a comeback. And uh, before we get to Stephen for the final vote, uh, I do want to remind our listeners at Boozy Bracketology and our panelists that we do have the concept of a buzzer beater. When there is a tie going into the final panelist, uh, any of the panelists that have already spoken can use a buzzer beater to plead their case for their particular choice. Everyone only gets one buzzer beater per round. Would anybody like to use their buzzer beater to argue in favor of either trading places or I'll be home for Christmas? No, not here. No. All righty. In that case, Stephen, take it away. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open by offering to Venmo $5 to anybody who can explain to me exactly what they're doing with the orange juice futures at the end of trading places. If anyone wants to take that up, I'll cede my time to them. Uh, barring that, uh, trading places. Yeah. When I was putting together a bracket, I was looking for uh, basically 64 movies for the holiday season that didn't premiere on the Hallmark channel. Cause I wasn't going to put myself through the torture of watching those and trading places came up and I thought, yeah, that, is a Christmas movie and it is about sort of the spirit of generosity and the spirit of greed going against each other, which is a classic Christmas theme. So yeah, I think it's totally a Christmas movie and I think it's totally the better movie here. So I'm going to vote for trading places. And uh, trading places does 
eke out the victory. Uh, and uh, I am glad to know that I am not the only one that had could not figure out what the heck was going on with the Orange Juice Futures. <laughs> but Trading Places will be moving on to take on Krampus in the round of 32. <laughs> Meanwhile, our next matchup is the sixth seed of Fred Claus taking on Babes in Toyland, the 11th seed. And up first, I believe we have Chris. I'll keep this short and simple. I've seen both these movies, and I don't remember anything about either one of them. Um, Babes in Toyland wins it for me just because of Keanu and Drew Barrymore, and I remember parts of that film. Fred Claus came out a lot later. It came out like 2006, I think sounds about right. Um, I, I don't remember anything about it. I think think it's about a guy who who doesn't want to be santa but i'm not even sure no uh, babes and toyland wins it for me but it, if neither of these movies had made the bracket i wouldn't have been upset and that's one apparently begrudging vote for babes and toyland nikki <laughs> you know i do agree like there's i don't remember these movies as well i had to think about it i mean fred claus he was the brother i mean it has paul giamatti so for that sense, that's I mean, it it's worth anything you know <laughs> that's what it is. Thank Paul you, G Nikki. Paul Giamatti is always worth a vote. Um, you know, but so is Keanu Reeves. Um, so really, is it Paul Giamatti or Keanu Reeves that I want to vote for? Because that's really all it's down to on these two movies. Yeah, I got to give it to Paul, you know, so I'm going to go Paul Giamatti. So Fred Claus. And Fred, Cl Fred Claus picking up a vote on the strength of its uh, actor. He was uh, Santa. He, who, play who played Santa Claus. That's right. Uh, so we do have a tie. Leah? Okay, so Fred Claus, um, I saw it once in theaters when I was conned into going on a date with this guy when he said, oh, I'm getting a group of people together to go see Fred Claus. You should come. And then it ended up just being me and him. Yeah, but we got married, so you're not complaining. <laughs> okay, you're ruining my story. Um, the experience <laughs> was just about as awkward as the movie was. Um, I, for one, used to love Vince Vaughn in the 2000s, and this movie just did nothing for me. Um, it does have a good supporting cast, but it was just not a good movie. Babes in Toyland, I have much fonder memories of. Um, I used to watch the VHS tape on my tiny-ass TV in my bedroom, um, and I would always pause it at certain moments, and I would kiss Keanu Reeves um, on the TV because I thought he was so cute. I was probably like six or seven. I don't know how old I was. Um, but for Leah, at that age, I just did... I mean, there was no... You couldn't do anything wrong about this movie. Like, I loved every single thing about it. I will say that it does not hold up now, um, but and it's very weird. It's actually a very weird movie, but I still have attachments to it because of my love for Keanu at my super young age. Um, and you know what? Even the super creepy and silly characters in that movie, I'm still, I have, I still have enough fond memories of. So I am going C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-T-I Cincinnati, the best town in O-H-I-O, Ohio, USA, um, which is uh, from Babes in Toyland. So that's what I'm going for. And I'm going to drink a toast to both the adorable image of six-year-old Leah kissing a uh, frozen image of Keanu Reeves on the TV and her capability of spelling Cincinnati. I could not have done that. Well okay, done. Okay, I actually had to spell it out on paper before I said it because I wanted to make sure I didn't mess it up. Because <laughs> I was going to forget an N in the middle. I was like, there's two N's in the middle, damn it. And I was like, I know I'm going to forget one. <laughs> exactly. That little, little tricks of the trade there, listeners. Little tricks of the trade. But Babes in Toyland is going to take a two-to-one lead. Steven. So Babes in Toyland, uh, 
it's not quite weird enough to be a surrealist masterpiece and it's not quite normal enough to not be incredibly boring so yeah Fred Claus is not a good movie by any means Uh, I think they were trying to rely on Vince Vaughn to carry it through and he's not very good in it but as been said before it's got a Paul Giamatti Santa and that's going to get you at least past Babes in Toyland uh I, I never had the opportunity to kiss Keanu Reeves, so I have no memories there. I'm going to go ahead and vote for Fred Claus. You're really missing out on that one. Just saying. <laughs> I'm saving myself we... for the real thing. <laughs> and we have another tie, ladies and gentlemen. Does anybody want to use a buzzer beater to try and sway Sarah? Not here. Anyone? No one nope. feels strongly? All right. That's that's fair. Sarah, take it away. So we're through like four rounds now, five rounds, and I'm starting to realize that maybe I have terrible taste. I love Fred Claus. I adore that movie. I, I, you gotta take out the Vince Vaughn, like trying to make it a Santa Claus movie. There's a story of the little boy and he doesn't have a family and he gets a puppy and then he gets a family. It's, it's sweet. It's, I mean, it's, not like it kind of seemed to me like they're trying to make it after the Santa Claus, but it's I still adore it. So I'm sorry, I'm the one with terrible taste. Babes in Toyland gave me nightmares when I was little. It scared me. Um, so I do not have fond feelings toward Babes in Toyland at all. Which I mean, really, I probably still would have voted Fred Claus over a lot of other movies. So if you have it. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. Fred Claus. And Sarah brings Fred Claus home for the win with a three to two victory over Babes in Toyland. Uh, does Paul Giamatti throw wrenches at Vince Vaughn anywhere in that movie? I haven't seen it, <laughs> but I just like the image of Paul Giamatti throwing wrenches at Vince Vaughn. Just like he got wrenches. Th- I just think that re- I, just, he might have thrown candy I just think Vince Vaughn should have wrenches thrown at him in every movie. It, it's it's going to make it better, right? But no, Fred Claus is moving on to the round There is a fight scene, a tumble in the snow, so they do go at it. <laughs> there you go. Our next matchup is the number three seed of Mickey's Christmas Carol taking on the number 14 seed of Jingle All the Way. And we're going to start back at the top with Nikki. Oh, I don't like this matchup. I just don't. Um, You know... Mickey Mickey's Christmas Carol has such like this special place in my heart, especially now because my daughter loves to watch it. She loves Mickey's Christmas Carol and it's really cute. Um, and I think, you know, as far as the Christmas Carol, it's good. But there are other Christmas Carol movies that I think probably are better. And I love Jingle All the Way. I can't help it. I love it. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, the Turbo Man. I mean, they're at the parade. I mean, they got to get that toy for Christmas. I love that movie. I watched it every Christmas, and my brother loved that movie. <sighs> I think this has got to be an upset, though. I think I think a 13, or sorry, no, it's a, what, a 14? It's going to beat a 3. I mean, I think it's, I think this is, the odds in Vegas are going to drop with this one because I'm going jingle all the way. 
We've got one of those upstart young uh, lower seeds that comes out firing bullets into the basket. Jingle All the Way has taken a one-point lead. Leah? All right, so uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, I saw this as a kid. I liked it. Uh, but Jingle All the Way, I saw this as a preteen, and I loved it. And if I had to watch one of these movies as now as an adult, I would be all about Jingle All the Way and The Hunt for Turbo Man. Um, it's funny. It captures the commercialization of Christmas and the struggle to try and make your kids happy by giving them exactly what you think that they want. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I, I laugh. I get the warm and fuzzies from it. So I'm going to say that um, when it comes to a holiday movie that I'm going to want to watch now, I would go Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way with a very solid two to nothing lead as we head to Steven. Uh, So Jingle All the Way is a really good film. Uh, I think it's sort of underrated by critics and loved by audiences and the audiences are right about that. Uh, But I want you to listen to me right now. In the history of cinema, there are exactly two perfect scripts. The first one is Back to the Future. And the second one is Mickey's Christmas Carol. Because it hits in 30 minutes every single beat you need to tell the Christmas Carol story. It cuts out all the fat. Not a single frame is wasted. It cuts you to the emotional heart by using characters that we have already pre-associated and love and are already attached to emotions in our mind. It is legitimately scary if you're young enough to see Pete throw Scrooge into the hellfire that is inside his grave. Uh, It's perfect casting. I mean, Scrooge McDuck is the perfect Scrooge. You're never going to get a better Scrooge than Scrooge. Why are we wasting our time here? And like I said, 30 minutes it gets the story so well made. There is not a single wasted frame. And if you're a fan of animation, that's some of the best traditional animation Disney has ever produced. It is such a prestige project. It is so well acted by the voice actors. Mickey's Christmas Carol is really a testament to how tight and strong a story can be and get a message across. For me, this is Mickey's Christmas Carol all the way. And finally, with a correct take, uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol gets a vote. Let's head over to Sarah. I'm going to agree with Steven on this one. I don't know that I... It's not my favorite of um, the the Christmas Carol stories. It's sweet. I have it on DVD. Um, In fact, I have all these ridiculous Christmas movie cartoons on DVD, and I watch them every year like too much um but jingle all the way was cute i remember seeing it in the movie theaters that year maybe i had gone over got over the whole like arnold schwarzenegger arnold schwarzenegger thing but i do want to give my vote to mickey's christmas carol and leave it a good tiebreaker for my buddy chris Ladies and gentlemen, we have our third tie in a row. Mickey's Christmas Carol storming back from what looked like be a sure upset at the beginning. And we are going to overtime. Anybody want to use a buzzer beater to prevent us from getting to overtime before we head to Chris? I like a bow. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll use my buzzer beater here. Steven, go for it. Christopher, just you and me right now. I know you're not a Disney guy. I know that the person that you sleep next to at night has voted the other way. 
And I know that your couch is only semi-comfortable, but I need you to hear me now. Do you honestly think that Jingle All the Way is a better told, tighter story than Mickey's Christmas Carol? Do you honestly think that it's more entertaining than Mickey's Christmas Carol? Do you honestly think you'd rather spend two hours watching Arnold Schwarzenegger slop around the city than 30 minutes of animated and script perfection? Think about this hard, and may God have mercy on your soul if you vote the wrong way. <laughs> All right. Very well. Very, very uh, well shot, Stephen. Uh, does any does anybody else want to counter with another buzzer beater? I guess we can't counter. Only one person gets to use a buzzer beater. And Stephen lo- logged in first. So, Chris, up to you. Do I piss off the person that I sleep next to at night or the guy that lives in Dallas, Texas, who I see once every five years. Um, so he- here's my take on this. Uh, I think Steven is 100% right. It is beautifully crafted. It's it's a great version of the Christmas Carol script. Uh, and it, in 30 minutes, it's phenomenal. I will say I think Jingle All the Way might be the second best, third best usage of Arnold Schwarzenegger outside of uh, Terminator and um, uh, Twins. Other than that, Arnold is, mm, but this is probably his, and to me, probably his third best performance because it's it's so crafted to him, and it's just it, it seems like a perfect vehicle for him. Um. Oh God, I'm not a Disney guy though. I'm not, and there's there's two things working against a Christmas Carol, Mickey's Christmas Carol to me. One is I'm not a Disney guy. I wasn't. I, we grew up going to Disney, but we didn't watch Disney films in my house. I'm sorry, it wasn't a part of my my childhood. The second thing is like there are like seven versions of a Christmas Carol on this damn list, and it's not the best version of a Christmas Carol to me on on this list. I think there's there's two other versions of a Christmas Carol I'm gonna watch before I watch this. I think Stephen, I think you're 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 right. It's it's beautifully crafted. They got the story down to a really nice 30 minutes and it's it's really easily digestible, but it's it's great. It just suffers from the fact that I've heard this story before. It's like watching Avatar. It's a beautiful it's beautiful and I I love everything about it except for the fact that the story is something I've seen 13 or 14 times before. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going with Turbo Man. I I love that movie. I think it's so much fun. I genuinely have a good time watching that movie. Every single time if it's on, I'm watching it. Jingle all the way. I'm Steven, I'm sorry. I know we're not going to talk for 7 or 8 years, but jingle all the way. Okay. Now I need to know what you love most that's left on the list and I am going to sink it and destroy it and destroy you. <laughs> like you've broken the hearts of all the children listening. What, what are we? There's a disclaimer at the beginning: no children. <laughs> children don't. Christmas is ruined. <laughs> uh, this is Moneyball. That was a tough matchup, man. That was t- that was tough for me. This that I think that was probably a seeding thing. Uh, uh, can we go back and that, have one of these go against Fred Claus, please? Right. Uh, but uh, Jingle All the Way is pulling out an upset, uh, possibly underseeded. Uh, that happens sometimes in these types of brackets, and it will be moving on to face Fred Claus. So we'll see how that one goes. Legal vote. Little uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol one. 
<laughs> Stop the count. Stop the count. Wait, I'm behind. Count all the votes. <laughs> Oh, I'm done. Any, 2020 cheer. That's right. <laughs> All right. Our next matchup. We have the number seven seed of Elf taking on the number 10 seed for Christmases. And I believe we are starting with Leah this time. Okay, so Elf. I used to like this movie more than I actually do now. Um, I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan. Um, but the quotes from that movie are pretty iconic. Um, and this is the first thing I ever remember seeing Zoe Deschanel in. Um, and she's just delightful. I really like her in that movie. Um, and at the end when everyone starts singing together and it gives a sleigh its magical powers or whatever, and people, you know, are, you know, still believing in Santa or whatever. Um, it doesn't get any more festive than that. Um, for Christmases, Personally, as a child of divorce, I was really excited about seeing this plot depicted on the big screen because I have to do multiple holiday celebrations every year and it can get to be a hot mess. Um, but I went into it and I really should have managed my expectations because this movie is so bad. Um, I didn't feel any connections to the characters or their situation, which is crazy because I live that situation. Um, so I was their target audience and I still like did felt no attachment to the plot of Four Christmases. Um, I love Reese Witherspoon, but this movie is just a dud. Um, so there's only of these two movies, there's only one on the list that I'm actually wearing a shirt for. Um, so I am going to give my vote to Elf. And Elf picks up its first vote. Steven. Yeah, I'm kind of the opposite here. I've never been able to connect with Elf. I don't think it's very funny. I don't think Will Ferrell is all that entertaining. If you have to watch him for an entire movie, I find he's a small dose kind of guy. So when he like pops into a film, he's much better. And, um, Four Christmases, I went into it expecting to hate it, and I thought it was actually pretty decent. I don't think it's going to go very far in this bracket, but I'd much rather watch it again than Elf, so I'm going to go with Four Christmases. And Four Christmases pulls in with the tie, and we're going to send it over to Sarah. I'm going to vote for Elf here. Um, it makes me laugh. It's I, I think Will Ferrell's funny. We've already established that I have terrible taste. But when I see this movie, it, it reminds me of a holiday movie. It's one, I don't watch it numerous times, but I watch it once every every Christmas. Uh, Four Christmases to me, I, it was okay. Um, I just, I can never get over the, the baby vomit scene. And then I'm starting to wonder how many movies on this list that Vince Vaughn is in. Because I wouldn't actually think of him as a Christmas movie guy. But um, Elf is beloved by all. I do agree that I think it's a little overhyped. But it, it at the time that it came out, it was a little bit different than a lot of the other movies that were coming out. So I can see kind of people's love for it. So I'm, I'm going to go to Elf. And Elf takes a two-to-one lead. Uh Bearing in mind that the live audience at Antelope Brew is not listening to your take, Chris, what do you think about Elf? Do you want to know what I think about Elf, or do you want me to make a pick? Because both <laughs> of those could take me eight or nine minutes. 
fair, fair, fair point. Let's 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 try and keep it to a minimum here. Only one of these movies ha- contains Robert Duvall, John Favreau, Mary Steenburgen, Tim McGraw, and Kristen Chenoweth. Uh, not to mention Vince Vaughn and the just somehow she doesn't age Reese Witherspoon, who still looks as beautiful today as she did back when she made uh, what's that movie with Selma Blair and Ryan Phillippe and uh, Cruel Jordan. Intentions. Cruel Intentions. Cruel Intentions. Thank you. Um. Only one of those has all those actors. And again, it's just a wasted cast. It's not a good movie. I, I didn't enjoy it. Um, I am not an Elf fan. I, I don't... And I think part of my... The, the reason I don't like Elf is the fact that everyone loves Elf and I don't get it. But I'm not dumb enough to say that it's a worse movie than Four Christmases. Four Christmases is hot garbage. Elf at least has some funny parts. And Zoe Deschanel... Where those big beautiful eyes could charm anybody. I, I, I don't hate Elf as much as the the recording of me at Antelope Brew on the Pub Trivia Experience podcast makes it sound. But I'm not as enamored with it as everybody else is. But it's a better movie than Four Christmases. And Elf picks up its deciding third vote. Uh, Nikki, let's finish it off. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, Four Christmases. I mean, I I laughed a little bit. There were some funny parts here and there. I mean, I didn't hate it. I didn't, you know, we kind of enjoyed watching it. Um, I had never seen it until we did this bracket. Um, and it does have a lot of good cast members and things like that. But it's overall, I think, fairly forgettable. Um, I'm not a huge Elf fan either. It seems like a lot of people are huge Elf fans. But it is iconic in the sense I do feel like it's one of those movies now that is always on at Christmas. It's now, like, become, like, one of the go-to Christmas movies. So uh, I would have voted for Elf. It doesn't matter, but Elf. No, it it does matter because there's a difference (laughs) between a 4-to-1 victory and a 3-to-2 victory. Elf takes it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Elf also feature Bob Newhart? It does. Which yeah. Yeah, it that does. I actually almost said just because it had Bob Newhart. Uh, uh, <laughs> yep, that, that's what I was thinking. I was like, as great as the cast as Four Christmases has, just having Bob Newhart. But I am an impartial host, so my opinion, like the points and whose line is in any way, do not matter. Let's see. Our final matchup for this particular region. Uh, we are going to have... Steven going first, and it is going to be the number two seed of Miracle on 34th Street, the original classic from 1947, taking on the 15th seed of White Christmas. Steven? So uh, it's been mentioned that I made this bracket, and this matchup is a very important one to me that I am now deathly terrified of thanks to the disasters that have already happened in this recording. My favorite, bar none, Christmas movie is the original Miracle on 31st Street. One of my brother's favorite Christmas movies is White Christmas, which is god-awful, and I hate every single frame of it. I hate it with the fiery, burning, neutron passion of a dying sun. It is the black hole resulting from that passion that sucks all joy out of Christmas. I, I turn the radio when I, the White Christmas song comes on. I, I hate this movie. It takes forever. There is no plot worth mentioning. And it's the type of musical where every song we stop the plot to do a completely unrelated musical song that has nothing to do with what we're doing 
and then we start the plot again, which means there's only about 30 minutes of movie in a two-hour film. And I hate it, and I hate it, and I hate it. But Miracle on 34th Street is pure Christmas joy. There is not... It's, it's a beautifully shot film. It's a great idea. To this day, I don't know if Chris is crazy or Santa Claus. And there's a little young actress in there that might go on to do some other work um, that is just delightful in that movie. I'm going to be talking about this hopefully all the way to the final rounds. My vote is for Miracle on 34th Street. And shockingly, I believe that is Steven with two correct takes in one round. I'm not sure that's ever happened before. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm an impartial host. Uh, Sarah. When I first got the bracket, I was surprised to see White Christmas with a 15 seed. Um, after after listening to Steven, I'm not surprised that it was a 15 seed. And then I realized I only thought it should be higher because I feel like that's what it should be higher. I'm with Steven. I don't like White Christmas. It's boring as shit. Um, I've seen it once and that was a struggle to get through it because I felt like I need to want, like White Christmas. And I couldn't. Miracle on 34th Street. I love that movie. I love all versions of that movie. I love the Dylan McDermott version of that movie. But the original, I think you just can't touch. Um, it, it's a beautiful movie. When I was in New York, I went to the Macy's there. And a lot of people like think of other things in that area. And I thought of Miracle on 34th Street. So again, hands down, my, ver my vote goes to Miracle on 34th Street. Miracle on 34th Street taking a two to nothing lead. Chris? Mara Wilson or Natalie Wood? Who does a better job? A mea culpa to Steven here. Steven, everything you said is is 100% accurate. Uh, White Christmas is boring. It's not a good movie. It's not. I'm Josh, I'm sorry. White Christmas is not a good movie. It's so damn boring. It takes forever to get there. If White Christmas could have taken a page out of apparently the Mickey's Christmas Carol, they would have gotten that movie down to a tight 30 minutes and had us out of the theater with a smile on our face. Uh, no, uh, Miracle on 34th Street is a damn near perfect film. And I'll even say this. The remake with Richard Attenborough is actually a really solid remake. And the only reason people don't like it is because the original still holds up to this day. The original was amazing. Miracle on 34th Street, 100%. We'll talk more about it later. And yes, we will, because Miracle on 34th Street just picked up its third vote, but we are still going to hear from Nikki. Yeah, I mean, White Christmas. I See, I'm, I'm mad later on this bracket because I think Holiday Inn is actually a better movie, and Holiday Inn was the original White Christmas song, and that's why they named the movie White Christmas just so Bing Crosby could sing White Christmas again. But really, that song came from Holiday Inn. It has nothing to do with the White Christmas movie. But anyway, yeah, White Christmas, it was terrible. Uh, but I loved uh, Miracle on 34th Street. That's four for Miracle on 34th Street. Leah, is it going to be a sweep? No, it's not. But I do have, of, of I have reasonings. Um, so Miracle on 34th Street, I actually like the remake with Dylan McDermott better than the original. Yes, I know. It's garbage, whatever. But um, it's just... It's just how I feel. Um, so White Christmas, it's one of my mom's favorites, so I always watch uh, little bits and pieces of it every year while we're decorating and cooking on Christmas Eve. 
the plot is meh. I agree. Um, it's all over the place. Um, it has Bing Crosby, which is great. Um, but the why I'm rooting for it, and it doesn't matter my opinion, so I, I get it, um, is because in the movie he sings a song that goes, when I get worried and I can't sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep, and I fall asleep counting my blessings. And this song was playing in the car on probably one of the darkest days of my entire life. And as soon as I heard that song, I was immediately at peace. And I can't explain it, but that was just the experience that I had. Um, So because of that, White Christmas is always going to have that special place in my heart because my mom loves it and because, it, you know, a song from that movie is what calmed me down at my, like, my darkest day. Um, So even though the movie sucks, I'm still going to vote for White Christmas because of that. And let's be clear here, uh, all all opinions matter. I like that. I think that's a fantastic story. And uh, even though even though White Christmas, it's a meaning meaningless vote at the end of the day. I really like that uh, that you voted for it for that reason. So, cheers to that. Um, that will though lead to Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street moving on with a four to one victory over White Christmas. Uh, just a brief, brief shout out to uh, James Monroe's vice president, Daniel D. Tompkins. The only reason I know that is because of the movie Miracle on 34th Street. So, uh, <laughs> Wow. There, there, there is that, yes. Uh, because Chris had been around long enough to know that. Um, so we have reached the end of our first region in our round of 64. Quick recap here. Moving on to the round of 32, we have your number one seed of It's a Wonderful Life, your number eight seed of A Charlie Brown Christmas, your number five seed of Krampus, your number four seed, Trading Places, your number six seed, Fred Claus, your number three seed, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Excuse me. No. Oh, I still haven't gotten over that. Good good gravy. Taking on Fred Claus in the round of 32, we have your number 14 seed, Jingle all, the, Jingle all the Way, and an upset that shocks me so much that I still get it wrong. Your number seven seed of Elf, taking on your number two seed of Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, we have been Bruzy Bracketology. Uh, you can, of course, find us on social media anywhere. Uh, Facebook, Instagram at Boozy Bracketology, Twitter at Boozy Brackets, BoozyBracketology.com. Uh, of course, you can find us anywhere you can You get your podcast. You already know that if you're listening to this. Uh, and we will see you next time. Until then, for Boozy Bracketology, I have Mike. Nikki. Chris. Leah. Steven. And this has been a lot of horseshit already. <laughs> and Sarah. I'm not as angry as Steven. <laughs> no one is. You, you will be. You will be. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>